In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know if this started out as a radio program or was just on early television, but I remember a program called Queen for a Day. Does anybody remember this? Well, now I know how old you are. Okay. Uh, and in Queen for a Day, there was the producers found, I don't know, it's two, three women, I think, who were kind of struggling, a little down and out, and they took them on a limousine ride to a salon and got fixed up a little bit, and they went to a nice restaurant and so forth. And then they came to the studio, and one of them was chosen to be queen for a day. And they got the grand prize, if they got that, which was usually like a washing machine. Uh, so, you know, things, things have changed. But today's gospel lesson is the male version of this. It's Jesus being king for a day. But it's only for a day. Jesus had been um, preaching, healing, doing all kinds of things. People had heard about him. It was Passover week in Jerusalem. And historians tell us that sometimes Jerusalem would swell to a million people, which is a lot for an ancient city. And uh, they were all there. They uh, came to be with family, celebrate the Passover, go to the temple. And while they were there, a little sideshow from the new hot rabbi in town, Jesus. They wanted to see that. He had done many signs, that is to say, miracles like feeding 5,000 and healing people and casting out demons and so forth. They came to see the signs. So they were all excited. And then Jesus uh, got on a little donkey. This always kind of makes me laugh because it's actually the colt, the foal of a donkey, which means donkeys aren't very big, and this is an even littler donkey. So I'm, I'm picturing Jesus' feet dragging along the ground. It, it wasn't a real dignified kind of lofty entrance. Um, you could tell he was going to be a man of peace, not a man of war or a man of uh, pomp and circumstance. If he was a man of war, he would have come riding in on a white stallion. And if he was a king, he would have come in with a new tricked-out chariot or something like that. But no, he comes riding in on the colt, the foal of a donkey, walking along very humbly. And uh, people began putting their cloaks on the road. They cut off palm branches, strewed them in the way. They were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And the Pharisees tried to get them to shut up and told Jesus, you better tell your disciples to cool up. Well, no. If they didn't shout, the very stones would shout it out. So Jesus was king for a day. But it only lasted a day. The next day, Jesus goes to the temple and cleanses it. And I don't mean with a sponge and water. I mean he took a whip of cords and drove the money changers out, drove the seller of sacrificial animals out, because they had made it temple big business. And it was not only big business, it was crooked business. They were charging exorbitant prices for the sacrificial animals, and the money exchange was bad. They had to change Roman money for Jewish money because the temple couldn't take Roman money. So they got a real bad rate of exchange. Jesus went and drove them out. There was, you know, animals scattered, money flying, people running hither and yon. And the religious leaders, if they didn't already know it, they should have figured it out already on Monday, the next day. Jesus isn't going to play ball with us like we think he should. And if they didn't get it on Monday... They should have got it the next day because that's the day that Jesus told the religious leaders that they were barren fig trees. You look like a fruit tree, but you got no fruit. 
the fruits of righteousness, compassion, and generosity, and witness, and, and love. You don't have any of that. You are barren fig trees. And you know what happens to barren fig trees? If they didn't get it then, you know, they weren't going to get it. The next night, Wednesday night, was when Jesus went over to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. We heard that one last Sunday. And Mary anointed Jesus' feet. That's for burial. He knew it. She knew it. They seemed to be the only two people who really got it, that this is what was really going to happen. The next night is Thursday, which we call Maundy Thursday, from the Latin word mandatus, which means mandate or command. This is my new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. They're celebrating the Passover, and Jesus takes two of the elements of the Passover meal, the bread and the wine, and baptizes them, as it were, to institute the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, the Eucharist. And then in the Gospel of John, he adds this story, that Jesus took a bowl and a long towel, and he washed all of the disciples' feet, and then said, you see what I'm doing here? If I am your master, and I am, and I'm doing this for you, what ought you to be doing for one another? Then later on that night, he is betrayed by Judas. He is arrested. He is tried. He is sentenced. And the next day is Friday, which we call good. Good for us, not so much for Jesus. And he is crucified. From Sunday to Friday evening. You got that six-day period. And it went from Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he to crucify him, crucify him. This thing went south in a hurry for Jesus. Why? why? Why did it turn so quickly on him? It was really for two reasons. One, the religious leaders had good propaganda, and they were stirring this up and telling people how terrible this was. And their influence influenced some of the other people who started to shout, crucify him, crucify him. But the, but the bigger reason, and the reason that's more important to us today, is because Jesus stopped meeting their expectations. And as soon as he stopped meeting their expectations, they were done with him. They wanted what they wanted, and they wanted it right now. And if they couldn't get it right then, what good is a Messiah that's dead? What good is a Messiah that suffers? We're not into suffering. Why should he? We don't want that. When he didn't meet the expectations, they were through with him. And that, that, my Christian friends, is us in spades today. We are the culture more than any other culture that's ever been, I think, in history. We are the culture that wants what we want, and we want it right now. If we'd wanted it tomorrow, we'd ask you tomorrow. We want what we want. Our expectations are that there should never be any pain or any suffering in our lives. And if there is, well then, you know, that's not a God that we want. Our expectations are that we should be able to fix things in a hurry. That's why we have such a drug-oriented culture. That's, of course, what that is. We won't put up with any pain for more than two minutes without reaching in the medicine cabinet or the liquor cabinet for something, for fast, fast, fast relief of anything from headaches to hemorrhoids. And if you don't believe me, just watch an hour and a half of network television and watch all the commercials straight through. Don't get up and make sandwiches or go to the bathroom. Watch all the commercials and see if you can go an hour and a half without seeing at least one or a dozen commercials for fast, fast, fast relief of. And I'll bet you a hundred bucks you can't do it because I've tried. That's what we want. 
We want to be able to put in our prayers, you know, like putting your quarters in the vending machine, pull the plunger, boom, boom. Hey, blessings, good. Well, Lord, I'll praise your name now. And if we don't get the blessings when we pull the plunger, kick the machine, forget it. I'm not worshiping you anymore. It doesn't seem to do me any good. That's who we are. Therefore, when Jesus does not meet the expectations of the people at his time, and if he doesn't meet the expectations now, we don't want to have anything to do with him. Jesus is not going to rubber stamp everything we want to do. Jesus is going to make us stretch and grow through commitment. And commitment is one of those things that if you, if you don't have commitment in a relationship, like say a marriage or a good friendship, you will never know the joy of intimacy. If you don't have commitment in your role as a parent or as a grandparent, you will never know the joy of seeing children and grandchildren be raised to be great and productive people. If you don't have commitment in any great endeavor you want to do, any challenge, it, it won't be worth anything. The Lord God wants our commitment, and He is willing to do whatever it takes on His behalf to make sure that His commitment to us is carried through. Long story short, Jesus doesn't want to just be king for a day here and there when it's going good for us and when it seems like everything is all right. He doesn't want to be king for a day. He wants to be king of your life every day. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.